I don't think it's I mean, that bad. Despite, despite, uh, wow, that was powerful. <laughs> that is that a seal? <laughs> what seal is in the background? Oh my gosh. Oh my. I, had, I even turned and like blocked. God. <laughs> yeah, that was not getting hit. <laughs> wow. What is that? The Kraken Gullhorn? Just Aaron's burp. Just Aaron's burp. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 49 of Beers in the Lot. This week, we got into the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. We took a look at some of the UFA chaos that's being caused by that draft and the NHL entry draft happening later in the week. And then we had a little discussion about does better equipment make a player better? All right. Let's release the beer krakens. Yeah. Dang. That's a furious crack. Yeah, it went everywhere too. Some too furious. Some some would say <laughs> that's that's two drafts in a week type of crack. Like the crack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey, uh. Karen, <laughs> what are you drinking? I have a Moosehead Rattler because <laughs> it's how I do. <laughs> right? What vintage? What you got, Johnny? I have vintage. <laughs> <laughs> this is new. This yeah, is new. I'll have you know. I got some new ones. He got it from the cellar. Yeah. <laughs> what you drinking, Johnny? I have uh, from Victory Brewing Cloudwalker Hazy Juicy IPA. So a little light IPA for delightful humid summer evening in maryland so yeah riggs what do you got this evening i have from rockwell brewery in frederick maryland down under pilsner it's made with an assortment of uh new zealand and aussie hops well basically two varieties but yeah yeah fermented kangaroo shit from the land of Oz. <laughs> yeah. Put another shrimp on the bar, man. I, I had to. Dumb and dumber. Come on, man. Dumb and dumber. And I, I think I spied a treehouse can from Daniel. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, yes, you did. I went back to the cellar as well. So I'm drinking a King Julius tonight, not to be confused with Julius with three J's and three S's. <laughs> Julius. <laughs> Julius. Julius. Yeah. <laughs> Julius. <laughs> and it's good. Nice. Yeah. All right. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> we always make that joke. We have to. I know. To. I know. It's kind of it's, it's on brand at this point. So so do we uh break out here and just you know announce their their Maple Leafs pick? <laughs> you know what though, like I so as a dork who does like the you know on cap friendly, you can select your kraken and I'm like even more of a psychopath, like I'll look and see where they could save money in certain spots. I did have from the Leafs, I did too, because I'm such a loser. Um I had Alex Kerfoot on one and I had Travis Dermott on another. So I was almost 
I think he's very underutilized, Travis Dermott. But anyway, I th- I think that's a decent pick. And also, uh, even though Kevin Weeks mistakenly pulled the Alex Kerfoot card out of the fish that they were throwing around at the market in Seattle, either as rehearsal yep. or they were taping it today and it leaked on the Twitters, uh, Seattle should and probably will take McCann. That's why Toronto picked up McCann from Pittsburgh. End of story. <laughs> yeah, and I think McCann's good, but like, I don't know. I, I think him, I mean, as a Pittsburgh fan, he's a shooting threat. He can play center or wing. He is very useful. I like him. I was sad to see him go. I understand why they traded him, though. It's a little bit of cap relief and also, too, you know, it's one extra guy that you would probably keep where you don't have to protect, so at least they get some goods back. But, meh. Kind of. Why did Pittsburgh protect Jeff Carter? I was that wondering that. That is a really that. good question. <laughs> I have to ask you guys this because when he doesn't have any kind of contract, thing, he, has right? a, he has a modified trade clause. So, A, he had to waive it, but he also has term. So, I think Pittsburgh kind of is thinking if they're going to keep Sid and let's say Gino for the next year, Carter will probably do you more good for another year. And then if you need to, let's say, retool because you're getting rid of other franchise pieces. Carter could be a good throw in, but my only issue with Jeff Carter is he, for the longest time, did not move his trade clause out of L.A. He wanted to stay there. He was supposed to move like a trade deadline or two ago, and he just nixed it. He's like, I'm not moving. So maybe that's it. And he did wave it to go to Pittsburgh because I guess he thought he had a shot, which is cool. But perfect world, McCann gets protected over Carter, but it is what it is. Whatever. I wasn't. And Brindley says he doesn't have any any clauses. He has something, I'm sure. Or yeah. maybe it was the previous year. I didn't year, think he so had that. Because mm. that contract is from the Flyers. Well, yeah. Flyers to Columbus to L.A. to Pittsburgh. And it expires uh, next year. So he's got one year left. How long but was the contract? A long one. It was 2011 through 2022. So wow. it was 11 years worth 58 million. Wow. But there's, it doesn't say there's any clauses on it. I, I don't know. But there is retained salary somewhere along the line. I don't know who's paying for it, but somebody's still paying him. Riddle me this. Why did they <laughs> protect Matheson and not Pedersen? I, I have my own theory to that. Go ahead. I think what's the point of having him there knowing that Ronnie franchise wasn't going to get him anyway. Pedersen is the better value. Matheson. I think, I think Ronnie franchise wouldn't get Matheson. Matheson has a no trade clause. He would have had to move move it. Yeah. But now they're going to get nothing for Pedersen. Pedersen's going to Seattle. Which is why I think they, yeah. Which is why I think they flip McCann when they could. They got essentially what they traded for Kapanen back. So that's why I think uh, there was an, there were a few other minor moves that moved, like guys that moved. And I think it's because teams are like like Ryan Graves, for example, from Colorado, why he got traded to Jersey is because they had a feeling, maybe an inside hunch or something, that he was going to get taken by the Kraken, which he's not a bad player, whatever. He took a few bad penalties in the Vegas series. So, meh, he's young, whatever. Um, they they kind of thought maybe he would be taken. 
and they would rather get something back for him than lose him for nothing. But some teams I think are fine. They're like, I'm kind of glad you could take this guy. Like, please take him. Like maybe Montreal carry price. So funny thing with Matheson's <laughs> contract though. <laughs> um, his contract was signed in 2018 and it goes through 2026. His modified no trade clause of an 18 team, eight team, no trade team. It kicks in now. It kicks in between 21 and 22. Yeah. So he probably so had to he wave didn't it. have a no trade clause for the first three years or he waived it. He possibly waived it. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's possible, but his, he, it kicks in now, according to cap friendly. So it's, is it not possible that he was thinking, I don't want to go to Seattle. And he said, I, I like, I don't know if it was reasonable for him to predict in 2018 that Seattle's draft would be this year or whatnot, but maybe he didn't want to go to Seattle and organize his contract, orchestrated his contract as such at well, maybe or, that's a possibility. or what I think maybe the latter of that is before it kicked in, maybe Florida's like, Hey, we want to move you. We're, we're reshuffling the deck here. Cause they did buy out Keith Yandel this week. Uh, Matheson got moved last off season. So maybe they went to him and said, Hey, we're definitely going to shake the, shake the makeup, you know, in the next couple of years of this team, you have a no trade clause that comes in we're willing to move you this year before it fully kicks in. Uh, is that acceptable? And boom, they did it. And that was also a Jim Rutherford move. So that's the other thing too. It's a GMJR move. So true. Is anybody else looking at like any Seattle mock drafts and kind of looking at what the Knights did and kind of looking at Seattle, like they're going to be very underwhelming for the first season. But I actually think they kind of want that, though. Like, what kind of interesting names do you think they could get? Johnny Gord. Well, I mean, Johnny Gord. You think they're going to get him? I think either you get Palat or Gord from Tampa. That's a steal. Either of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms Shit, of the goalie market. Kalorn. Yeah, E. Kalorn. And he'll be on long-term IR all the next year and come back in the playoffs. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, but I... But so it looks like they're going to get Drieger, obviously from Florida, which is smart. The carry price thing, I'm very curious about it for two reasons. His wife is from Washington. Right. He's spent um, all of his junior career in Washington in State. Well, he and grew up. He's, yeah. he's exactly. from Vancouver, but he, yeah. all of his all of his like junior hockey days were in Washington. So like he yeah. like he's from out there. Like that, so it makes sense. Like, yeah, go home yeah. and play or whatever. But the biggest thing with that is like the contract is just so big. And do you really want to do that? It is, deal but he's worth it right off the but bat. But it's Carey Price. I mean, now I don't know. Going back to Danny, your thing about comparing like what could happen in this expansion draft versus what happened in the last one. If you're trying to make that flurry move, like, Carey Price is the guy. He's he's the goalie yeah. that's yeah. available, and right. it would make perfect sense, right? And and on and really think about the Vegas uh, expansion draft too. Who was their really big name besides Flurry? Like who did they get? Well, Vegas at the was, time nobody. 
<laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> At the, the time, biggest... nobody. They had a bunch of misfits, really. Yeah, but Vegas they is super smart. I still think that the expectation on Seattle is similar to Vegas because I think it's different too because something because that we're so close, they're so close in years. No, but because of the expansion draft opportunity, I mean, if the, if they're going to build a team following Vegas's model, then the expect expectations probably similar. Or do you but think teams learned from the last one? They probably may, did. Maybe not as many teams are going to get fleeced. They probably did. I'm sure that that's not going to be nearly as bad overall for all the teams in the league this time around. But the other thing that's important to remember here too is that this is a, a brand new organization with no history whatsoever. So they are going to set the culture right out of the gate. And I think that that's what Vegas actually did right is they set their culture of it doesn't matter if we have superstars, we're going to beat you with four lines. We're going to beat you with 60 guys. We're going to, we're going to run all of our guys balls to the wall and we're not going to be losers out of the gate. We're going to win because there's no reason we can't. And they proved that that's, that's a possibility. So only I if think your that roster, that's, nah, it's only if your roster is constructed in a way that you could roll four lines. Like they're all second lines. That oh maybe they were that's they, what I mean the Vegas model is. Those guys were super, super smart and dialed in uh from a scouting perspective in who they had to go get and who was sort of underutilized on different teams, who had favorable contracts based on their their, you know, projected potential or whatever. Like they were so dialed in for that expansion. So I right. Like it maybe, maybe Ron Francis and his staff are there too. Who knows? But the the thing that leads me to believe that they're not quite as good at that kind of stuff is the ownership has been very very vocal about particular names, including Carey Price, saying they came out first and said we've given the green light to Hockey Ops to make that pick. We will spend that ten million a year on that player, and if the ownership group is coming out and saying that ahead of anything that the hockey ops team would say, which they're not going to say anything, and they shouldn't, like that leads me to believe that there's some other stuff going on, and maybe they're not going to be at the level that Vegas was, but they're still going to get some really good players here that are available. I mean, you got, they could potentially go get like Yanni Gord, Vladdy Tarasenko, and Jonathan Druan as their first line. Like, that's not yeah. bad. That's pretty <laughs> that's, good. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. Right. Like, so. And if they wheel and deal, they could possibly get an Eichel too. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, they could make some of those. They've got a picks. lot of opportunity. They can make some and, of those picks and turn it right around and go get him, right? Like from yeah. Buffalo. So one I one I was seeing was Eberly. Eberly could go. Mm -hmm. And He's a good player. And yeah. Bavillier. They're both on And Josh Ooh. Bailey. And mm -hmm. Josh Bailey. And Josh Bailey. Yeah. So it's three <laughs> great players from the Islanders that you can go get. I mean, looking at yeah. I mean, so the only I felt so bad saying this, but I'm going to. Outside of like Buffalo's unprotected list. And like I would say, maybe Ottawa, 
everybody else for them. And I think the Rangers was kind of light outside of those three teams. There was a player on each of the expansion draft roster. Now, obviously you got to do a little salary cap juggling and make sure the contracts work. There was a player on every team where I'm like, he's a good piece. He's a good piece. He's a good piece. And even some of like the lower guys, like we were talking about with the caps today, like Jensen, like we're like, Jensen's a really good piece. No one talks about him. So the only, the only thing that I think Vegas had is an advantage was they had a full normal pre COVID life to scout. That was AHL Europe professional this year with COVID. It was very difficult, especially the kids in the draft, which I won't go into that rabbit hole because there were a lot of kids that were playing OHL that went over to Sweden or Europe to play in, you know, first and second tier leagues where I wouldn't say the numbers don't translate, but it's a weird year for them. Like it doesn't. Yeah, true. I wouldn't say it all translates like outside of the NCAA kids, which Eric and I were talking about this, like on our group there a while ago. Don't be shocked if a record number of NCAA kids go in the first and second round. Like it's going to happen. Like Owen Powers, number one, because they got to see him. Yeah, they got to see him, and I guarantee more people will place. Well, more organizations are probably going to place more emphasis on some of the international events, like the World Junior Championship, than normal. In past years, it could elevate you. It doesn't knock you down a peg or two. I think more people are going to emphasize that because the nice thing about it was the best of the best, minus Owen Power. Uh, you know, because <laughs> he stayed in Michigan. Um. But yeah, we'll we'll kind of see. So I, I I'm sure you know the scouts for Seattle did their their homework and did the best they can. But it's different when you can physically go into every rink and talk to talk to scouts and other you know team management right. that you, that in normal year you could. This, this is a little different. So the other thing too that we're seeing a lot of it seems like is teams kind of gaming the the not really gaming but utilizing the uh hey we're just gonna let our guy be a free agent for a few days and then have him sign actually sign his contract you know after the expansion draft or whatever but there's guys that are ufas right now that are a really big deal ovechkin obviously but he's a lock he's staying in washington everybody he's he's not going anywhere but taylor hall's a ufa and i mean he just had a one-year bridge deal with boston if he wants to go to to Seattle, I bet you they'd find a way to get him. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a talent. He's he'd obviously be a big boon to their org, but he's going to meet need a lot of money, and I mean they they're going to run out of cap space really quick if they get guys like the, him. The talk of of, like him, the, but. the talk around Taylor Hall though has been real positive. Like he's actually said, like, yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking for term, which all of them are looking for term. And sure. it was a really good situation in Boston. He re- it, so everything is positive. Like he wants to stay there. He's they're going to figure right. out a way to make that happen. And and like I said, it it could be a situation where yeah, they're just sitting on his contract for a couple of weeks to be so, sure that they uh, they don't have to worry about him going to the expansion draft. The one that's got really him. interesting the last like week or so, maybe less than a week, is Landeskog, like. Right. He's there's he they're saying like he's pissed off that they didn't have something done earlier. You know, now there's Hmm. there's word that he's actually looking at the market and seeing what he can get. And so that would be a big deal. I don't think 
Seattle will be able to get that done. Even if they picked him, I don't think they can get that done because I think he's in a uh, like win now point in his career. Right. I think like Toronto would be a good place for a year or two to kind of oh, get through that and geez. have a shot. Um, I don't wow. know how that deal would be structured, but I, I think that could happen. Like, so that's kind of interesting how that's going down. What's his, what would his contract be? Well, that's the thing, right? Like, how, would kinda, you, how would you yeah. do that? I mean, if he's, if he's going there, it's probably like, what, like two, three years? Uh, some sort of progressive yeah. thing, right? And then, you know, you do the average over the three, but then is he going there knowing that they got a shot to win, right? And that, that's kind of the way right. I look at it is, you know, with Colorado... Yeah, they're favorite. They're favorites of, again. This going into this next season, already one hundred percent, right? So he's definitely in that win now mindset, but he feels like he's been kind of yanked around a little bit here into free agency and the expansion draft. So I don't know, man. Well, and it's gonna be like super interesting, especially with that Colorado situation, because like. Vegas and Colorado aren't like you haven't seen any anything talking about. I know you and I like go back and forth in a funny way, like because we both like both franchises, but we see it different ways in terms of who we favor. No one's talking about Minnesota. Minnesota's gonna have Marco Rossi, and yeah, they just dumped yeah. a ton, a ton of salary cap. Now, granted, I think they save like four <laughs> six million this year. They pay for it. They pay for it next year a little bit, but. There, I highly doubt Billy Garen would just buy two contracts like that out unless he went to the owner and said, I have a plan to do this. Right. This is why right. we need to. I don't think he went to him and said, hey, I'm totally under cap constraint with these two guys. I can't make anything work because the owner was the one who signed off on those deals. So I think the only reason why Billy G went to the owner was because Billy has a plan of some sort. Now, I'm not saying Gabriel Landeskog. Marco Rossi comes into the fold. Kirill's another year older. Outside of like a few guys in the expansion draft, like Saucy and a few of the other guys, like they're going to be fine. I mean, they do have some good pieces, but like everyone on Minnesota, they're kind of protecting. And Minnesota's like this wild, wild card where I don't know what they're going to do. And like Colorado and Vegas both had issues with that team. And I don't see another Western team that's going to come up and go, oh, we're going to overtake those three, especially like. Minnesota took Vegas to game seven. Colorado had problems with them in the regular season too. Like you can't tell me that either of those two teams after seeing those moves are thinking in their mind, like, Oh, if we got to play them in round one, two or three, we could handle it. Like, I think there's a little bit of fear in both those organizations. And I think if you're, well, Vegas has a goaltending issue. They got to figure out Colorado has some cap issues. They're finally going to deal with. Unfortunately, like, Lando's going to be a problem. McCarr, unfortunately, he's going to be a problem. And McKinnon, like, he should he should be making McDavid and Matthews money. Sorry, he should. Like, he's that good. At the end of the day, does he thick sign boy like, money? Yeah, thick boy money. Let's try, dog. <laughs> yeah, but like, does he really want that? Knowing full well it may hinder him because McCarr's there. And then, do you think maybe? Do you think maybe him and Landis Cogger probably talking a little bit? I don't know. Landis Cog, I, I, I saw, has like hey, a dog's really coming friendship. to Pittsburgh with Sid. 
Yeah, Nate Dog's going to Pittsburgh. That's right. Right. They were golfing together. I already called it. They're best buddies. Yeah. <laughs> They're yep. best friends. They're best friends. Uh. But it's like, so those are the three guys in the East where I, I look at those teams and I'm like, these are the three contenders. That's like Boston, even if they got Taylor Hall, Tukarask and Halak are both in the expansion draft. So they must think Sweeman's our guy. Okay. Sure. Whatever. Islanders. They did clear a bunch of cap space because of uh, the lad deal, which I also, how does the NHL call that not cap circumvention? What Lou Lamorello did, but you know, they already said like, if Montreal lets carry price, go Seattle picks them up, retains some of the salary and then trades them back. That's cap circumvention. They're saying that's cap circumvention, but like Lou Lamorello trade like $7 million off. Well, maybe Seattle just wants to like, you know, retain a little salary so they can hit that cap floor and Montreal just came to with the best deal possible. I don't know. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. That's some wizard stuff, but, uh, <laughs> but who in the East, like really who in the East really like makes you go outside of like Toronto where you're like, Toronto has a lot of the pieces to make a cup run. Who else in the East really makes you go? Oh, wow. Like no one that I can think of at least. The only thing I would say is like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, as much as we don't want to say it, like the Islanders are close, even though they're terrible to watch. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say the Isles, but then I thought, but no, they they kind of suck right. though. Right. You want to tell them, but they don't yeah. at yeah. the same time. Like they, <laughs> but they're close. You know. Yeah. So they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I don't want to see them go uh, the finals. Right. But I don't want to watch them. Yeah. Tampa. Tampa's close. Well, they're Tampa's always, a little yeah. close. Yeah. Well, yeah. after Well, if they're under the cap, right? Well oh, and right. <laughs> well, they I mean, they're gonna lose a lot of guys. So that team is not gonna even look yeah. close to the same as it did two weeks ago. Yeah, we didn't get to talk about it too, but and I'm not sure people are really noticed this or what, but throwback to uh after the cup in uh 2015 when the Blackhawks won. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were renegotiating the CBA and yeah, they did the exact same thing. One team, one team in the entire league said, "Hey, maybe we should close this loophole that the Blackhawks just used to get over the cap for the playoffs." And the other 30 teams in the league were like, nah, fuck it. No big deal. Yep. That team that said we should close the loophole was the Tampa Bay Lightning. They said, yep. let's fix this. Nobody did. Nobody got on board. And then they used it and they won. And now everybody's bitching. Yep, fuck them. You, yeah, know you know what Tampa said? Tampa said, fuck it. <laughs> they said, fuck it. We're going. We're going to yep. do it live. <laughs> That's And they did. That's what I like to call hockey karma. Hockey karma. Yes, sir. That's the way it works. Absolutely. That's the way it works. <laughs> I don't think enough people have, have heard that story yet. Even even a few weeks, two weeks past. The cane but... loophole. <laughs> well, the one thing no one's no one's really said anything, and I kind of chuckle about it, like the whole long-term injured reserve thing. There's a lot of talk that like Shea Weber is going to go on long-term IR because his body just can't handle it. And he's a warrior and he's had a, he's had a really good NHL career considering he played in Nashville for 
almost the entire thing. He's a pretty damn good player. Like we can't argue that. Yeah, he's think great. Of, think of yep. all the shots he had to block. Yeah, how many how many shots did he bomb at people? That's the other thing too. Hmm. I want to see. I I remember Aaron and I looked it up at one point. I forget. It's so aggravating. Oh, the he's not going to retire. Thing? What? It was something stupid that Nashville would have to pay in cap retention. Uh-huh. Like it was like it was like it was over ten million dollars in cap retention. So <laughs> per if, year, if, per year, and Shea <laughs> Weber's deal Just against the cap, cap is seven is seven point eight. So if he really does go on long term IR, and it it sounds like he's not even going to be ready this upcoming year. Like even if they stretch into another deep cup run with the the wrist, the shoulder, and the foot. If Montreal gets another 7.8, what are they going to do with that money? And they're going to save money on Carey Price's deal. Like, what are they <laughs> going to do with that? What could they possibly do with that money? Lando Scott. Lando. Lando. Yeah. Yeah. Shea Weber has another <laughs> five years, years on his four, deal. Four. Four. Oh. Oh yeah, right. five. Yeah, because we're now in it's five. If you include next, it's five. Yeah, it's yeah. five. Wow. Oh, he's thirty-five years old. Yep. He Oof. currently makes up nine point six percent of Montreal's entire cap. Oof. Yep. One dude, one thirty-five-year-old who is signed until he's forty at seven point eight. Well, keep Oof. in mind Oof. in two. Keep in mind two thousand twelve, two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen, and mm-hmm. two thousand sixteen. He had a $13 million signing bonus that was owed to him because of the contract. 13 million cool ones. Because <laughs> Carey Price has, like, I think August 1st, he gets like 10 million bucks with his signing bonus. So, yeesh. I know this is very bucks. dense. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I Anyways. know this is very dense. So. <laughs> I won't bore it. It is kind of fun to look at some of these numbers, but yeah, we probably should move on. (laughs) Hey, Riggs. (laughs) Riggs, let's talk about people blaming equipment. That's my favorite. Oh, that's my favorite. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Need another beer for this one. Ah, yes. Nectar. So, equipment. I take it you two have stories? I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know if I have a story, but I think John has a little rant. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, John. Let's right. hear it. The airing of grievances so, has commenced. I was so, I was so excited. <laughs> the, senator, the senator from Maryland is taking the podium. Um, <laughs> no, so, so I thought it was kind of funny because it's all you always hear these rumors of NHL players so finicky about their sticks and stuff, you know, they'll look at it and they're like, these are trash. And then they send them back, even though you can't notice any detail or anything. Like, I just think it's funny. And I've never heard, at least in my lifetime, a professional hockey player that is say at any point, Oh, I miss a net because of the stick or like, Oh, I can't skate fast enough because of the skates or, you know, a goalie like, Oh, well my glove, uh yeah, it doesn't catch pucks, blah blah blah. It's not well, wide enough. Yeah, it's not wide enough. Well, maybe <laughs> after the rule changes they said that. Like the the Garth Snow shoulder pads <laughs> or the chest protector he wore. <laughs> but um <laughs> over over the weekend, my best friend Bryson DeChambeau said his driver sucks because he couldn't hit the face with it. 
And that's the reason, you know, he's floundering at the open. Fuck him. Yeah, exactly. So he, he said, point blank, oh, the driver sucks, blah, blah, blah. And it started all this nonsense with Cobra, his his golf manufacturer, which is even better because Brooks Kepka, who kind of needles at Bryson, the next day after Brooks, I think Brooks finished in the top 20, so another major where he does really well. But he just came, point out, and said, oh, I drove the ball really good today. I love my driver. Just to kind of needle it like, a little more. Like, it just it made me so happy. So I, I, I mentioned, I'm like, oh, blaming equipment. So I remember we would play guy play with people in our beer league and they would get a pass and or miss the net a mile and a half. And every time they got back to the venture after the game, complain that, Oh, it's a new stick. I just got it. Yada, yada. And you just kind of look at them and you kind of, you know, just go, Oh yeah. You just kind of nod. And then you go back to what you were doing because it's such a preposterous statement. Like, it's just me that, like, <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? Like, I, right? Like, I, I got one for this actually. Oh <laughs> no. Oh no, Aaron. So, so, Daniel, Daniel goes through a lot of sticks. He buys a bunch of sticks. But he'll buy a stick and then he'll decide he doesn't like it because he sees another one he likes and gets that one and wants that well, one. Well, that other one's so, not doing what it's supposed to do. So, <laughs> yeah, well, not one. even for that. I wasn't, I wasn't about to just like point at Daniel and be like, he's the one who does that. Well, or well, fuck, Aaron. Not directly. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm going to anyway, spend my money the way I want. Exactly. Yeah. I have disposable income. I buy sticks. Yeah, it's fine. So, so Daniel, anyway, Daniel DeChambeau. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he buys he buys this Sherwood stick and he he's telling me on the ice when we're warming up. He's like, man, this thing is like really whippy. It's like not it's the right light. flex that I really like. It's too light. It's super light. Yeah. So I I he's a shooter like it actually for Daniel probably matters. The all flex I can do that shit. That's all he does is shoot. So <laughs> I'm I'm the kind of guy that I can buy a stick and keep it for five years because I don't break sticks. I'm probably going to break a stick this next game that I play now that I've seen. But for the most part, I almost never break sticks. So I I just kind of take Daniel's hand downs. He's like, OK, I'm getting rid of the stick. Aaron, you want to buy it? Yeah, 40 bucks. sure. Why not? I'll upgrade for forty dollars. Mm. So. Anyway, he he lets me try this stick and warm up, and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty light. It's definitely different than what I'm used to. And I said, let me try it the first shift of the game or whatever, and, and if I like it, I'll buy it from you. So first shift of the game, I don't know how it happened or whatever. I'm going to the net. Pass comes across. It's perfect. It's right in the wheelhouse. It's one that I feel like I should bury every single time. Goes under my blade. And I'm like thinking... Man, stick! It's the stick. The stick. It's too light. It's different. I don't like how light it is. It's not good. So I went back to the bench and I told the I was like, "No deal. I'm not buying it. It's too light." <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward. I don't know. I should have had a, a baby first. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> fast forward a few weeks, and I decide. You know what? I'm gonna. I need another stick so that I can keep it at the house, so I can keep it in the basement and you know, shoot around with my net in the basement or whatever. So I say, okay, I'll buy that stick from you and I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll put it in the house or whatever. So I, I'm messing around with it at the house. Yeah, the stick is kind of feeling better. 
And then <laughs> it turns out, start bringing it with me to games and start using it. And, you know, I really like this stick and I'm scoring just fine with it when, you know, just fine, quote unquote, just fine for me. But <laughs> it's my primary <laughs> stick now. <laughs> the stick that I hated because it was too light and I couldn't <laughs> use it. It's it's the stick I use all the time. <laughs> so yeah, the gear doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't you matter. So, you just had to use it more. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is you got some practice with it, and then you can yeah. use the stick. Okay. Cool. It's almost as if my skill level wasn't high enough <laughs> in order to really <laughs> make that determination that the stick wasn't good. Almost like that. <laughs> See, I I remember years and years ago. And this is when my brother and I who played were younger and him and I had to have two piece sticks because it was the thing, you know, it was, it yeah. was the shit. And I remember oh, yeah. he had, an ultra he, he was bigger. Well, Neil, <laughs> my, my younger brother was bigger on the East and stuff. I like the TPS rubber and Tricor. Like there's some, I, I don't know why I just felt better. In yeah. My, <laughs> Yeah, see, you like scoff, like you have no style. Like, come on, like stop. Brutal, <laughs> brutal. So I would use those, and my my brother and I, who's a little younger, would harass my father because he still would use wood sticks. And we're like, "What are you like? You know, nineteen forties hockey player? Blah blah blah." Well, we would go to like stick and pucks, or when you know it was light on pickup, he would take us and stuff. And my dad would still like score and stuff. And we're like, what the heck is going on? Like, I'm shooting from the same distance and you're putting it by. And then I remember he said something. He goes, the stick doesn't matter if you don't know how to use it. So, like, he would kind of harass us. Like, <laughs> and that's, like, kind of when it yep. kicked in. And this is a young young age where I'm like, oh, maybe it's not all the stick. And then, of course, like, two weeks later, I'm like, hey, I need the new TPS rubber shaft. It just came out. It's yellow. It's not black. I need that one. Like, it's better. <laughs> and then when the one piece came out and all that stuff so yeah but the, there's young, probably only one age. piece of gear like there's probably only one piece of gear that a hockey player really should spend money on and it make a serious difference and that's skates if you buy crappy skates you're gonna have a bad time if you buy good skates it, it is true hockey no, players need true. good skates yeah. I, I, I will say that you can see a major difference based on how much you spend on your skates. I actually went through this not too long ago because I actually had a pair of uh, Vapor 2Xs. I used them for about a year and a half. I used them a lot. I was like three times a week. And this was probably a, a couple months ago, uh, maybe three months ago. And I noticed I wasn't playing as well and my legs would tire out really quickly. And then after the games, my legs would be sore. And like the next day, it would be like super sore. So I was like, it can't be the skates. It can't be the skates. I kept like saying, I kept trying different stuff. I got some 2X Pros. And it was like the stiffer boot, brand new. My legs were not sore after the game. Huh. Yeah. So switching skates, spending more money on my skates, getting a stiffer skate actually helped me out. Well, they break down too. I mean, if when yeah, they break absolutely. down, then you're starting to use some extra muscles to yeah. maintain your stability. I mean, yeah. They still look good though, which was was very surprising to me. And I mean, I guess it just wasn't as wasn't as stiff as what I was used to as when I first bought them. I, I had a similar experience myself when yeah. I had to have my the, the skates that I have now. I had to have them. I had to have a couple of rivets put in them or whatever. So went back to the pair of skates that I had before that which I'd use those for like seven or eight years. And 
when I upgraded from them, I was like, these skates are still fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. Were those but the when I went Reeboks? back to yes, when I went back to the nine yeah. Ks, oh. oh my gosh, I skated in them in a pickup, and I I I couldn't stand up. Like I felt like I was wearing the like cardboard rental skates or whatever that, mm. that had no ankle support. Like it felt like they had completely broken down. Like I I wouldn't have noticed had I not gotten skates that were stiff again. But yeah, they absolutely break down and they do malfunction to the point where it affects you a lot and you, you don't even notice it. So skates are the exception, I think. But still, if you got if you have a brand new pair of skates and you fall, yeah, it's still on you. I mean well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody falls. Everybody falls at one point. <laughs> oh, I got another story. Actually, this is this is a Daniel story. This is back when he and oh, I man. worked. This is a good one. It's a good oh, one. Okay, it's a good one. All right. He and I worked at our local ice rink, and uh, we were messing around on the ice one time. And uh, one of the other guys who worked at the rink came out and challenged us to a game of posts, and. Put, offered to put some money down on it, and uh, we just said it. All Daniel does is shoot. That's all he's ever done. <laughs> and this yeah. game is practice his shot. So wouldn't you know it, Daniel wins the first game. I'm nowhere post. close. <laughs> he's, good, he's good at hitting post. <laughs> uh, the other guy who works the rink didn't win. He was a little sore about it. He said, well, let's do double or nothing. And then Daniel won again. And then as... Uh, as the guy, the, the other rink employee was leaving the ice, he was so pissed that his stick, that his stick was the problem, he slams it over the boards and breaks it. <laughs> so not only was he out the 40 bucks that he owed Daniel, he also was out the stick. <laughs> so it was not a good day for him monetary, financially. <laughs> well, it wasn't out the 40 bucks because he never paid me. He never paid yeah. me anyway. So, so two, things, two things you can learn from this. Number one, don't be some animal slamming your stick everywhere, regardless. Whether you miss the net, etc., lose to Daniel in a game of pipes, whatever. <laughs> Two, this isn't the movie Rounders. If you are down double or nothing, strong chance you're not going to flop the nuts. You will lose. <laughs> you are not going to win. <laughs> All right, everyone, that does it for this week. As always, don't forget, if you want to learn more about us or get in touch with us, head over to beersinthelot.com. And finally, it's broken record time. Head to beersinthelot.com slash discord to join our discord server. We're always in there posting funny stuff and interacting with some of our bigger fans. So if you want to be a bigger fan, head over to beersinthelot.com slash discord. Until then, we'll catch you next week.